Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, then steal in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. As you remember, Clark Kent became involved in what seemed to him to be a strange mystery that deserved investigation. It concerned the Metropolis University football team's sudden collapse in the fourth quarter of its game with State College. Fortunately, Metropolis won, but Kent suspects some human agency was responsible for what happened. He's followed up a few leads, and at the moment is back at the Daily Planet editorial office discussing the matter with his editor, Perry White. Listen. All I know is that you were assigned to cover a football game. You sent Lois Lane back with your notes. As a result, someone else had to write the story. I think it's about time you learned to stay with an assignment once it's given you. Now, you're a reporter, not a... I know, I know. I'm a reporter, not a detective. Exactly. Now, look, Mr. White, I've never let you down, have I? Hmm. What's that got to do with it? Well, simply this. There's a story behind that football game. A story much more important than the game itself. A story big enough to warrant headlines and a page one spread. Well, that's different. Why didn't you say so in the first place? Well, you didn't give me a chance. However, it isn't ready to break yet. Oh. Oh, I see. Another of your wild dreams, eh? As a matter of fact, Lois did mention that you were off on a wild goose chase again. She said you didn't even wait to see the end of the game. But you dashed off five minutes before the final whistle blows. Oh, well, she's right. This is what happened. The Metropolis team went to pieces in the last quarter. Bob Harris, the captain, fainted on the field. And the rest of the men were staggering around like a bunch of dazed high school freshmen. Well, it didn't seem natural, so I had a talk with Spike Taylor, the coach. Yes? And Taylor was worried. Couldn't understand what had happened to his team. Every man on the squad was groggy. State College probably gave him a fight. No, no, it wasn't that. The men were dazed more than tired. Harris described it fairly well. He said his legs went weak and his head began to swim. Did the doctor examine him? Yeah, sure. Dr. Stone of the medical school. He even made a blood test. Nothing showed up. Well, there's your answer. I'm afraid not, Mr. White. There's more to it than appears on the surface. Briefly, this is the story. The Metropolis team has one more game to play with Southwest University. Now, if they win, they'll be undefeated and get an invitation to play at the Rose Bowl. Yes, 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 I know. I read the papers, Kent. You're not telling me anything new. Well, I will in a moment. Metropolis must win because a lot depends on it. Like Taylor's coaching job? Oh, no, no, something more important. The lives of thousands of youngsters. Hmm? What are you talking about? Well, you see, a man named Richards, an alumnus of the university, died last year and left the medical research laboratory $3 million, provided 
the university could raise 500000 on its own hook. Now, the research laboratory needs that money badly to carry on its infantile paralysis work, trying to find a cause and cure. Yes, yes, yes. Go on. Get to the point. Get I to am, the point. I am. They've raised 300000 so far. And if the team wins its final game and goes to the Rose Bowl, the university's share of the gate receipts will give them the money they need to get the legacy. Well, that's a nice human interest story. But it's not page one by any manner of means. Oh, the page one story is yet to come. You see, despite the fact that Dr. Stone found nothing wrong with Bob Harris, I didn't like the look of things. So I had a talk with Professor Nelson, dean of the medical school. I learned from him that if the university failed to raise the $500,000 by next month, the three million legacy went to someone else. Who? Ah, that's what I wanted to know. So I checked with John Quincy, the lawyer who handled the will. But he refused to give me any information. But he did let slip that three people would benefit if the university didn't get the legacy. Now, do you see the possibility of a page one story? Yes. It's pretty far-fetched. You think that one of the three people is trying to keep the university from getting the three million dollars? Uh-huh. By putting the football team out of commission. Yeah, that's Frank Merrill's stuff, Kent. Doesn't happen in real life. Who are the three possible heirs? That's what I don't know. The will hasn't been filed with the court yet. But Quincy, the lawyer, knows. Somehow, I've got to get him to cooperate. Uh, frankly, I think you're wasting your time. I thought you really had something, but all you've got are... Ken, important message for you. Uh, what do you mean by breaking in here like a cyclone? I thought I told you last oh, week... I'm sorry, Mr. White, but the boy who delivered it said it was urgent. I don't care what it is. Get out. Okay. <laughs> Let me have the message, Jimmy. Oh, I'm sorry. Here. Thanks. Get out, I said. I'm going, Scare the daylights out of that poor kid. Well, the next time I'll whip the daylights out of him. This is supposed to be a private office, not a three-ring circus. By rights, I should fire that young whippersnapper. He's entirely too fresh. Oh, Jimmy's not fresh. He's just eager. Anyway, you won't fire him, so why talk about it? Your bark is much worse than your bite. Oh, is that so? Yes, that's so. Well, why don't you read that message if it's so all-fired important? <laughs> I will. Uh, my bark is worse than my bite is. What we need around here is more discipline. Great, Scott. What, 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 what's the matter? A moment ago, Mr. White, you said you thought I was wasting my time on this football team story. All right, look at this. Art Kent, Daily Planet. This is a little friendly advice. Keep your nose out of other people's business or you won't be using it to breathe with very long. Uh-huh. That's not a threat. I never read one. Not signed. Who delivered it? I think Jimmy mentioned the messenger boy. We're asking. Jimmy! Oh, Jim! Okay, I know. I was expecting you. Come in a minute, Jim. What were you expecting? This. You don't have to tell me. I know. I'm fired. Oh, don't be silly. You should be fired, you young stupid. <laughs> oh, what's the use? Ah, this had nothing to do with being fired, Jimmy. What you want to know is who delivered this message to me. Why... Just a boy. A messenger boy? No, just a boy like me. Nobody could be quite like you. <laughs> uh, would you recognize the boy if you saw him again? Gosh, I don't know. I didn't pay much attention to him. <laughs> of course not. Is something wrong, Mr. Kent? Did I make a mistake? No, Jimmy. No, no. We, we just thought the letter had been delivered by a uniformed messenger. I think I'll take a run over to the university and see Dr. Nelson. I better call him first. Mm, use my phone. Okay. Uh, get me the medical research laboratory at Metropolis University. That's right. Thank you. She'll call me when she gets there. Well? 
What are you hanging around for? Who, me? No, no, my grandmother. Oh, can I stay? What do you think this is? A railroad station waiting room? Jimmy's not in the way, Mr. White. Let him stay. Now look here, Kent. Wait. Wait. Hello. Uh, is this Professor Nelson? Oh, Dr. Stone, is Professor Nelson there? This is Clark Kent. I see. Uh, wait just a minute, will you please? Quiet, please, Mr. White. Uh, hello. Yes, well, well, when he, when he comes back, will you please tell him I'm on my way over to the university? Yes, something very important has come up. I'll be there in ten minutes. Thank you. Nelson stepped out for a moment, but he'll be back by the time I get there. Hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, what are you rushing over to see Nelson for? Well, perhaps he can use some influence with that lawyer, Quincy, to get us the names of the three beneficiaries. I'll be back as soon as I can. You want to come along, Jimmy? Boy, in house. Just a minute, Kent. He was hired to run copy. Okay, not to run Jim. Let's go. Right with you. Here, Kent, come back here. Come back here, my kid. Kent, come back here, my kid. Mr. White's going to be mad as a wet hen. He didn't want you to take me. Oh, don't you worry, Jimmy. He'll forget all about it before we get back. Well, what are you going to do at the university? Watch the team practice? No, we're going up to the research laboratory to see Professor Nelson. You like the monkeys and the gorilla. Monkeys and the gorilla? Uh-huh. Dozens of little white-faced rhesus monkeys and a huge 400-pound gorilla. They call him Hercules. Gosh, he doesn't walk around free, does he? Well, hardly. He's locked in a cage. Well, what's he doing in the laboratory? Well, I suppose Professor Nelson and Dr. Stone experiment on him. You know, monkeys and gorillas are a lot like human beings. Yeah, I know. I saw a couple of gorillas in the movies. They danced and played the piano and smoked cigars. They were probably apes or chimpanzees. Gorillas are a little too vicious to train. There's a big one in the circus that comes to Metropolis every year. Oh, that's right, Gargantua. Is Hercules as big as Gargantua? Oh, not quite. He's big enough. We'll see. Well, here we are. Guess I can park here. All right, Jim, come on. Okay. Which way, Mr. Kent? Uh, that's the medical building over there, that old brick structure. Do they keep the monkeys in cages, too? Mm-hmm. Small wire cages. <laughs> I'll bet they're cute. Yes, but noisy. Shatter all the time. Hey, watch your step here, Jimmy. The laboratory's down in the basement. I think this is the door. <laughs> it sure is. Listen to those monkeys. <laughs> Where's Hercules, the gorilla? He's in a cage around that bend in the room, Jim. Hmm, doesn't seem to be anybody here. Professor Nelson? Maybe he's out to dinner. No, Dr. Stone said he was coming right back. I told him I'd be over in ten minutes. Can I see the gorilla, Mr. Kent? Sure, of course you can. He's right around that bend. Oh, I know, but if you'd come too, I... <laughs> There's nothing to be afraid of, Jimmy. He's in a cage. Okay. <laughs> Professor Nelson? Dr. Stone? No soul here. I wonder whether we got. Help! Help! Jimmy, what's the matter? Help! 